My career in architecture has followed the well-worn path of many architects before me, from professional degree to internship to licensure and on to practice. I graduated with a Bachelor of Architecture in 1996 and pursued design work at varying scales throughout New England, schools, healthcare facilities, civic institutions, and private homes. Most of my working life was spent in a conventional 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and quite often much later, studio environment. I commuted an hour each way, every day, and with every job I held. I completed timesheets accounting for my every sixth minute or tenth of an hour of billable time. I had always worked for someone else and was rewarded for my loyalty every two weeks with a paycheck. It felt like a stable existence. Still, I longed for something different. I wanted my own practice. But that was an idea reserved for an indeterminate time far in the future, a time when there was plenty of work and when I was ready. I treated this idea as sacred. It was one that I kept like a trophy on a shelf where I could pick it up and dust it off occasionally. Every time I entertained the thought, that part inside of me that's wired for survival and protection, what Seth Godin calls the lizard brain, protested and logically advised me not to. I found that discussing the idea with friends or family was far easier than the thought of actually executing and delivering on the promise. Discussing it, in a way, felt as if I had already done it. Announcing it to others without any sort of accountability satisfied the desire without demanding action. I'd like to have more work lined up before I make a go of it, probably next year, I would say. Of course, the next year would arrive, my salary would be slightly higher, my children would be one year closer to college, and I'd be committed to another design project in the office that I'd want to see finished. Does this sound familiar? Are you this architect or designer? In early 2013, on the cusp of turning 40, my dream job designing high-end homes on the coast of Maine was facing uncertain times. My employer had cut our salaries by 20% and gave us the choice of working for no pay on Fridays or pursuing outside work on our own. I once again picked up that precious trophy, dusted it off, listened to the protest of my lizard brain, and this time, I ignored them. I knew this was my chance to get started building something I could call my own and a business capable of supporting my family. The process of designing architecture, working with clients and building buildings, that was familiar territory. I knew I could do the work, but at the time I knew next to nothing about operating a business. So I read. I began with the AIA, Architects Essentials, and the Handbook of Professional Practice, but they seemed to describe an historic past. I was looking for a handbook, a step-by-step -step guide, something I could reference when I had a question. I turned to online resources, blogs, forums, and articles and found a group of young professionals grappling with the same problems. The information I discovered there was timely and based on real experiences. These were individuals designing practices like I was, from nothing, and succeeding. I read case studies, listened to podcasts, corresponded with pros who made the leap before me, studied business plans, made lists, sketched out weighted average decision matrices, pondered, and researched some more. Every time I found new information, I felt as though I had just scraped the surface of what was available. I had so much more to learn. Research paralysis is common. It's also a subconscious delay tactic. It keeps us safely in the harbor when we need to be fishing. Reading and researching about how to open a design practice is a necessary part of the process, following others who have built successful businesses too. But as I look back, I can tell you that there's no substitute for that important first leap. Reading about it can be reassuring but stepping out is required. One can't possibly know all the questions one needs to ask when sitting in the relative comfort of a salaried job. The experience of soul practice has taught me what no amount of research ever could have. 
The truth is, there's nothing you can do to escape the labor in front of you when you set out on your own. Building a business is hard work. You're investing in an unknown asset, giving it form, shaping it from nothing. Crafting a brand and a business to support you will probably count among the most difficult things you've done in your life. It will also be one of the most rewarding. Opening your own practice offers more job security than any other job could provide. This might seem counterintuitive, but remember your current job is subject to change at any moment. If your employer told you your salary had been reduced by 20% effective tomorrow, would you have any say? When you work for someone else, they control your time and your future, what type of work you'll do, and what you'll be paid in exchange for that work. Your own business, by contrast, is something no one can ever take from you. It's yours. You own it. And you chart the course.